Hello and welcome to Automators, the podcast where we talk about automating technology to do your work for you, or in today's case, your home. I'm Rose Orchard, and I'm joined as always by David Sparks. Hey, David, how are you today? Rose, I missed you. I just missed you. <laughs> I mean, it's not been that long since we've recorded, but you know, we had we, we recorded the last episode earlier than usual. Um, like so, three weeks yeah, ago. I, I know. Been able to talk to my nerd buddy. So uh, I mean, anyway. you could talk to me. There's nothing stopping you talking. To I know. I know. But we've both been busy, but we're we're back yep. in the microphone uh, podcast studio here to talk about automators today. And I'm real excited. Today, uh, Rose um, has been working on her HomeKit automation. And we talked about it a little bit about six months ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew at the time that Rose, you know, living alone in her own house was going to just bring this next level. And it was just a question of time. And she keeps sending me, dear listeners, I get these pictures from Rose of like just random home kit hardware. And it's there's not there's no kit. Some of it's not. You're right. But I get these pictures of of cool automation hardware and she doesn't even put any description in it and she just teases me. So today we're gonna nail Rose down and get the details out of her about well, that was that sounds weird. We're gonna get Rose seated at her chair nicely with a cup of British tea, right? Do you drink tea? Uh, it's just water today because uh, I got braces recently. I'm lisping a little bit for people Uh-oh. who are listening closely. And uh, so while I'm wearing them, I'm not allowed to uh, drink anything other than water, which I'm fine with. Do you drink British tea? No, nope. I don't do hot drinks. I, I like green tea. I, I don't understand those dark British teas. I just, you, do, you don't have to email me about it, but I don't understand them. Oh, anyway, so we, we got Rose here. We're going to talk about HomeKit today and go through all the cool stuff she's done to her house. I've got a few updates myself. Uh, put your wallet in a locked place because we're going to be talking about a lot of yep. cool HomeKit stuff you yep. can buy. And yep. it's probably, you know, not a good day to, to listen to the automators if you're worried about buying something new. Yeah, though that said, I will point out that a lot of the individual components are very affordable. It's yeah. just if you go nuts and do your entire house. Like one of the things, which I actually didn't put in the outline, but I feel I should mention, um, is a Sonoff Mini USB smart plug. And when I say USB smart plug, I mean that you plug a USB into it and then it's got USB out on the other side. These are about 10 bucks. Uh, and they, you know, they are just a, a Wi-Fi smart device so that you can toggle a USB thing on and off. Um, so, you know, individually, one of those is fine. You put four studio lights on your desk, all of which are USB powered, and suddenly you're looking at $40. That's how it escalates. What? This is cool. I've never heard of this before. So like anything that's USB powered, like uh, your desktop rocket launcher, something like that, you can put into automation. Will that run on HomeKit or what's the automation so, so this doesn't run on HomeKit. And that's something I have been struggling with a little bit with some of the things. Um, because, you know, there's there's a lot of great home automation stuff out there that's not HomeKit compatible. Um, and there's good reasons for this. You know, there are extra hoops to jump through for Apple and so on. Um, but this does appear in Home Assistant. So I've, I've only got one of these so far because I am playing with it still and trying to make sure that it, it works uh, as I wanted to, but it appears that I can connect it to Home Assistant and then through Home Assistant, I can actually share it back to HomeKit because Home Assistant can work the same way HomeBridge does. Right. It doesn't have to, but it can. 
explain what home assistant is, or I guess we're going to get to that later. It's already in. We're going to get to that later. So let's leave that as a teaser, shall we? Yeah. But the idea, though, that you can automate a USB powered plug, I actually now my head is spinning. I didn't know such a product existed. And uh, I'm going to have to think about that because I feel like there is room in my life for such a device. Uh, put a link in the show notes and and we'll just set right now that I am the first person to have to spend money as a result of this show. So there we go. Bingo. We win. Um, right. Or maybe lose. I'm not entirely certain. It doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, but uh, yes, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I've been branching out and uh, experimenting with various things. And uh, that's one of my, my very recent purchases that I'm still toying with. Um, but it seems pretty cool because, you know, otherwise you have to control all of the things that the USB is plugged into simultaneously with a smart outlet. Whereas this would let me just have one or two things controlled automatically and then everything else controlled manually. All right. When we last spoke on this journey, you were thinking about light switches, but the problem is regulations in the UK and make it harder than it is in Cal- in California. At least I can just open the wall and put my own switch in. It's not that difficult, but over there, I mean, I can do that over here unless it's in a kitchen or a bathroom because, you know, water, electricity, you know, electrocuting sure. yourself, not good. Please yeah. don't die. Um, so you're you're not allowed to do that. And the other thing that we have um, is vast majority of our houses don't have neutral wires running to the light switches. Yeah. Um, so Why? that, I mean, we didn't, like, we've got neutral running to the light. It's just not running to the light switch. That's weird. Anyway. I mean that that's how things work over here. It, it it's pretty good. Our plugs are some of the safest in the world. They're also the most painful to step on, but that's another uh, problem for another time. Yeah. Um, but I did some digging around and I tried Lightwave. So for people who aren't familiar with Lightwave, they're sold on the Apple Store in the UK and Europe. Um, you can buy them directly from Amazon or Lightwave, whoever. Um, and they are light switches, and also they do plug sockets. Um, that you can just put on the wall. Um, sure. And they are smart ones. So, you know, you press the up and it increases the light and you press it down and it, increase, and it decreases the amount of light. And if you just press it and it's off, it turns it on. You may be seeing the problem here already is the dimming switch. Yeah. The light in my kitchen is not dimmable. So yeah. It's like fluorescent or something, right? Just it's yeah, on or yeah. it's off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's not fluorescent, it's LED, but it's an on-off LED rather than a dimmable LED. And so... Fortunately, I made good friends with a local electrician who, you know, had has little bits of downtime between jobs, and I'm very willing to be incredibly flexible, as in he can just turn up and do work um, if I need something from him. Um, and uh, so he came around and spent a couple of minutes messing with that, and he said, this is going to drive you insane, because it, it was flickering, the light was flickering. Um, so he uninstalled it and for me and, and sent it back, you know, and I sent it back um, to Amazon. Um, and I did some digging around and I found out Acara, that's A-Q-A-R-A, have light switches, which can be compatible with European and um, and UK sockets. Um, and they are on off switches. And um, they're, they're like the um, the bouncing switches, if that makes sense. So you press it and the, the switch immediately pops back up. Yeah. Um, and that, that can turn on and off automatically. So I got one of those. Um, waited for it to come via AliExpress because that was the cheapest way to buy it. It it came pretty quickly, just over a week later. The electrician came around, connected it. It took him about three minutes. 
Um, I spent more time pairing it because um, I ran into a, a slight Akara problem, David. The original hub only lets you put 32 uh, devices on it. <laughs> oh, and you're over 32? <laughs> Wow. Way over 32. Okay, so would you um, get another hub, or would you do? Uh, so, uh, there's a couple of different ways around this. I did actually get the new hub, because I have the M1S hub. There's also the camera, the G2H camera, that you can pair 64 devices with. Well, I already have cameras, so I didn't really want or need a camera. But they now have the M2 hub, and it, actually Akara on the Apple Store in the UK and much of Europe, not all of Europe, for some reason, for example, not available in Portugal. Not sure why. Um, but they are, you know, on the Spanish Apple Store. Um, but they're also now much more widely available on Amazon, which eliminates the problem of if I order an M2 hub from China, is it going to be a Chinese hub or a European hub? Yeah. Because they connect to different servers. Um, so I ordered um, the M2 hub and that arrived. And I'm slowly migrating all of my devices over to that hub, um, which is much better. Yeah. Um, uh, because, you know, it's also micro USB powered. So uh, in the meantime, I, I had a $7 Zigbee stick, which I plugged into Home Assistant. And I'm using Home Assistant kind of like a Zigbee hub, like you can use it the same as a Hue hub or an Ikea hub. Um, and so I, I, I set that up and gave that a whirl. And I was impressed. Uh, it works incredibly quickly. I walk into my kitchen, my Akara uh, motion sensor, which is connected to the Akara hub, detects motion and the light turns on so that's that's all kinds of magic running incredibly quickly um because the switch bot solution i had it worked really well it was just slow so you walk into the kitchen and you'd have a glass that was half full of water before the light turned on and that just wasn't good because then sure. you end up turning the light on yourself um and you know there if you're going to do home automation it's really about having actual automation that makes magic because then you know you walk into a room and you don't need to think where's the light switch oh i should turn on the light it the light's already on by the time your thought process is going huh it's dark um so yeah so i've solved that problem and i'm very happy with it yeah and just for the listeners in the u.s akara is fully available in the u.s amazon store mm-hmm. uh, uh m2 hub is 50 dollars. a lot of yep. their hardware is in the 20 dollars price range like yeah an indoor air quality monitor is only 45 dollars. i've never seen one that that um cheap no their stuff is incredibly cheap the only thing i would say is don't buy the sensors from amazon or apple um because they are so expensive they are about half of the price on aliexpress and the sensors are exactly the same wherever you buy them from yeah um and you can get them delivered to you in 10 days and a car deal with all the the not a, a car, sorry, AliExpress, um, their shipping partners deal with all of the customs and import and everything. So you don't need to worry about it. Like it adds on the BAT or TVA or whatever it is um, at the checkout when you pay for it. Um, and so it just gets sent to you and delivered incredibly quickly. And the other thing I would say, um, like Rose has a friendly neighborhood electrician. Um, if you are afraid to get into this home kit stuff because you don't want to be playing with live wires or... Uh, you're not allowed to where you live, um, and but you're thinking, well, this would be way too expensive to do. Uh, it's been my experience because I have hired an electrician too for a couple runs that were difficult or things that I just didn't want to get into. I am terrible at running a line through rafters. You know, we have to get up and snake the line. I just mm-hmm. can never get that to work, and so I'll hire somebody for that. And uh, most of these um, small-time electricians, you know, guys who are not running huge outfits 
uh, are familiar with this work and are increasingly doing it. Uh, they know that they're working with consumers, not like big corporations, and they price it reasonably. And I think if you just looked around, you'll be surprised. That in wherever you live, there's probably somebody that can help you out install this stuff. Yeah, yeah. The the trick is to look on like the the neighborhood groups wherever they are, whatever apps are relevant. Yeah. Um, which has mean meant that I've had to use uh, the evil that is Facebook a couple of times because that's where the people go. So I'm glad I kept my Facebook account just for that, so I could yeah. ask recommendations because I've got some great recommendations. Yeah, there's one in the U.S. called Craigslist that I used and found somebody that was really yeah. qualified and did really great work and not too expensive. Um, yeah. yeah. The uh, so, so you ended up with the Acara switches. Now, have they populated your entire house yet, or are they just no, no? I've I've just stuck with the one because everywhere else, um, I bought uh, covers for the light switches, which the the Hue four button switch magnetizes into. Yeah. Um, and I I'm pleased with that solution that works. Um, and I can do that everywhere else. The only thing is in the bathroom, I don't yet have a smart lighting solution. But at the same time, I, I've, I've looked at it several times and my conclusion every time so far has been, I really don't think it's worth the bother um, because it's a pull switch. Um, pull switches are very hard to automate. I, I, I looked at all sorts of crazy ideas, um, but basically my, the only solution to automate my bathroom lighting is to take the bathroom light out and connect something like a Shelly one or something, which is like a little, basically it's a chip thing yeah. that you you put you put the wires from the 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 well, the electricity into there and then you put them out from there into the light and then it can sit between and theoretically that can also then work with the pull cord um but that's theoretical i'd need to do some messing around um the electrician i spoke to said honestly like the the people that he knows who are also playing with the smart home stuff he said like the bathroom they just don't bother with it it's yeah. not worth it. I've got this image of you like with a, a little string tied to the tap and then <laughs> like a motor on it and you press a button and it goes and it's just like, you know, rolls up the string and then pulls this way. I, I don't know. I feel like that's like not impossible for Rosemary Orchard to have something like that. You know, I mean, actually, I looked at the switch bot because yeah. I thought the switch bot can do. So the switch bot uh, for people who don't know, it's a little robot that you stick on a surface and it's got an arm that can come out and press something yeah <laughs> but it can also turn things off by pulling yeah and i thought maybe if i set it up and so i i threaded some some like fishing line or floss or something yeah. through the the cord um for that that is on that is on this light and had the um and had the uh the the switch bot pull rather than push that could work um, and then I decided that that really feels very janky. Um, and I did some basic experiments and I don't think it would pull with yeah. enough force to actually succeed. Yeah. The tension on a pull switch is actually pretty high. So it is all yeah. it would probably do is cause your switch bot to lift off the counter and then float back down. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. so, so wall switches, I'm glad you found a solution. I, uh, and we talked about this in Mac power users years ago, but, I discovered the Lutron Cassetta system and I have never looked back. And it took me like a year to kind of get them where I wanted in the house. But at this point, all the lights in the house that I really want to control with automation, including the bathroom lights, are on a Lutron Cassetta. And it's amazing because it solves two problems. Number one is it is rock solid. You push the button mm -hmm. on your phone or whatever and the lights just go on. 
a friend of mine, Bob Spivak, who was a guest on MPU at one point and like does this commercially was telling me that they have their own bandwidth. And I don't know what the whole story is behind that, but whatever the, the radio signal for these Lutron cassettes is a great Zigbee. Yeah. I think. Uh, you have to, yeah, you have to get it your own base unit for it, but you buy that with the first switch and then you're kind of in. And the other thing that's great about it is there is an up and a down and a dim switch on it. And everyone in my family can still turn the lights off and on by just going to the wall switch and pressing it. And I think a minimum yeah. for all this home kit stuff is it has to still preserve the previous functionality. Like if your automation means your switches don't work anymore, um, that might work if you live alone, but if you've got any other humans in your house, uh, that's going to be a problem. So, yeah, uh, yeah. these switches have been great. They are expensive. They were like $50 a switch when I bought them. I don't know how much they are now. I haven't bought one in a couple of years, but I was looking at the light in the closet as I was prepping for today's show saying, how come I have to throw a switch in here? Why, why isn't this automated? So maybe I'll be buying another one, but the, uh, yeah. it, it's just really, um, it, it's it's one of those home automation like happy ending stories. Sometimes you put home automation in your house, and your uh, significant other, your children want to you know scalp you, um, but not this time. It's uh yeah, I'm 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 pleased with my solution here, and uh, I'm I'm glad yours is working as well. It certainly worked when I was there, and I find the bounce switch is fairly logical as well. You press it, you get light. You press it, and the light turns off. Yeah, um, nobody has had a problem with it yet so far, and I've tried it on my parents. Um, and uh, the electrician as well. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash automators for high-speed, secure, and anonymous VPN services, and you'll get an extra three months for free. Not a day goes by anymore without reading some article about people getting hacked on the internet. Your internet privacy is important, and it's under attack more now than ever. We all take little risks every day when we go online, whether we think about it or not. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is a bit like driving without car insurance. It just feels like an unnecessary risk. Every time you connect to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, or airports, someone on the same network could gain access to your personal data like your passwords and financial details. And your data is valuable. Hackers make quite a bit of money selling an individual person's information. ExpressVPN acts a bit like online insurance. It creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so nobody can steal your personal data. And ExpressVPN is simple to use on all your devices. Just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. There are a lot of VPN services out there. I feel safe with ExpressVPN. That's why I've been a customer for a long time. I like that you can just click one button and turn it on. I like that they're always pushing the envelope on making the ExpressVPN data safe and not keeping logs of you and protecting you. That's their primary goal, which isn't necessarily true about all VPN services. So secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com automators. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com automators, and you can get an extra three months free. Once again, that's expressvpn.com slash automators. And our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, what's next? Well, uh, one of the things I realized was, uh, so I was having lights turn on and off uh, based on motion and time of day. Um, however, 
there are times when that doesn't work. For example, if it's cloudy and overcast, um, then I might need light earlier in the day than I would on a nice, bright, sunny day with no clouds in the sky. Um, and this is the UK, so we have a, a fair number of cloudy and overcast days. And sometimes we have, you know, rain as well, um, which adds to it. And so I looked into and I was using or trying to use the Lux sensors in my Hue motion sensors. Um, so Lux is light level. It gets translated into a number. But the problem is, is the great place to put a motion sensor is in a corner where it can see a lot of a room. But the corners are where the light doesn't really go, um, which is just frustrating and annoying. Um, and so I did some digging around and I found that me, that's M-I, um, and they're part of the Xiaomi brand, make some light sensors, which are pretty small. They're like an inch or so um, uh, in uh, diameter. Um, and um, they pair directly with the Akara Hub and they appear in HomeKit. And so I got four of those and I've stuck one on the windowsill or the window frame in every room. And that was it. Like there, there's, there's no extra work to it. I've just now got a really accurate light sensor in every single room, which is based on the light coming in through the window. That was really smart putting it on the window. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I put it, you know, on the on the window frame or uh, in the in my bedroom, in my office. Um, it's on the window sill. Now, technically, I could probably have got away with two of these, one for each side of the house. Um, but I decided I was just going to stick one in each room because. Sometimes, you know, you, you know, the way the light is shining or there's a van parked outside blocking the light in one room, whatever it is, it, it, it you know, these are 10, $10 each or so. Um, it, it wasn't a huge investment to get some extra light sensors. And then if I walk into a room and it's cloudy and overcast, it turns on the lights. And if it's within an hour of sunset, it will close the curtains as well. Those are two separate automations I set up. And um, otherwise, it'll just close curtains and blinds at sunset for me, uh, which works really well. Um, but, you know, it, this this just means I walk into a room and it says, hey, it's a bit dark. I'm going to turn on some ambient lights for you. Or, hey, it's really dark. I'm going to turn on all the lights in this room for you. Um, and uh, yeah, and now I don't really need to think about it. I do. I did have to spend quite a bit of time like playing with the light levels and seeing, OK, so now's the kind of time where I would feel it's dark enough that I would want more light. So, so, you know, turning on, but the other bonus of sticking the light sensor in the windowsill is my main lights, like the lights I use in my room to actually see, don't really reach the windowsill. So they're, they're not really affecting it, which is really good. Um, I'm really pleased with that. That was not my intention when I set it up, but that is uh, a bonus effect of how I've done things. So if I understand it correctly, it's looking for both lack of light and motion in the room to trigger the light no so it's looking for motion and then um and this is something i've set up using the home plus app you could do this with the eve energy app um as well i just like home plus is a really lovely app um but um basically when motion is detected it does a check there's a condition on it for the light level is below um, and then it's whatever number is appropriate for that room and the lighting available in that room um, because, for example, my kitchen has a choice of overhead light, and yeah. that's it. Um, I mean, I do have some some under the the counter lights, which I, I recharge on a regular basis because they're micro USB. Um, but they're, um, but I I don't count on those to uh, to light my way. They're extra lighting rather than instead of lighting. 
Um, and uh, yeah, and so it, it will turn on lights that are appropriate, but it uses the, the light level as a condition. If the light level is below this, then trigger this scene. If the light level is below that, then trigger that scene. Um, and I'm saying scene because this way I can also have buttons in certain places to trigger that scene if I want to. Like if I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm not really moving much, then I can pull out my phone or tap my phone and and trigger a scene for um, you know, the the lighting in the living room if I wanted to. And that that's obviously something you wouldn't want to put in your bedroom because if you move around in bed, you're gonna trigger your lights. Well, actually I am I do have that in my bedroom. Um and um I just have um I just have I have a dummy switch in Homebridge. Uh so Homebridge is um, a system, I'm running it on a Raspberry Pi. You could run it on an always-on Mac or probably an always-on Windows machine. Um, or Synology. If you've got a Synology that can run Docker containers, you can run this on Synology. Um, um, but um, I have a, a dummy switch. And a dummy switch is a fake switch, which you can toggle on and off. And there's a button by my bed. And so every time, every day when I go to bed, I reach out and I press this button. It does a number of things. It turns off lights. It turns off fans, dehumidifiers, etc., to make it nice and quiet. But one of the things it turns on is this fake bedtime switch. And then I, the same way as when there's motion detected and it's looking at the light levels, it also in the bedroom checks whether or not bedtime is on. And if bedtime is on, or bedtime has to be off, sorry, in order for the the um, trigger to go through and, and continue. That's a condition. Okay, and that's using Home Plus. Yeah, the Home Plus is to set up the condition and the uh, Home Bridge is to get the fake switch into uh, HomeKit. And these fake switches are brilliant. You can have ones that you manually turn on and off, ones which are always on, and when you, you toggle them, it goes briefly off and then it comes back on, or ones that are off and then you press it and... 30 seconds later, it turns off, um, which can have many use cases. Um, they can work as timers. I have an eight arrow one for my lava lamp. So when my lava lamp turns on, it turns on the lava lamp timer. Um, and then when the lava lamp timer turns off, it turns off my lava lamp. Yeah, I want to get better at using motion sensors, but it's difficult for me because there's just like a dog and three other humans running around my house. Yeah, And, you know, it's just like, I'm not sure you know what that means and then i've had inconsistent results with the home kit app like i try to set like in our, one main room of our house like if you walk through it, it'll turn the lights on and then it's supposed to turn them off after 20 minutes but then sometimes it doesn't and then the lights are on all night and everybody's mad at dad because i uh had the lights on all night and uh so i'm trying to figure that out and uh, i think that's something i need to get better at and I guess I've got to get a few sensors and just start experimenting. Maybe I need to just upgrade to start using Home Plus app as well. Yeah, the Home Plus app really is a great automation tool. Um, I'm also going to say, uh, if you're looking at building a, a little library of uh, HomeKit apps or tools, HomePass, save all of your HomeKit passes, HomeCam um, to to see multiple cameras at the same time on one screen or yeah. cycle through them security system style um, and also controller for HomeKit. Um, controller for HomeKit has saved my bacon multiple times as I've gone through messing with stuff. Um, I accidentally reset my original Akara hub at some point and of course it removed everything. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. And that means it broke all of the automations as well. Yeah. Except while it did that, I'd made a backup earlier that day when playing with controller for HomeKit. Yeah. And controller for HomeKit has complete backups with automations, scenes, names, etc. 
So I just had to um, pair the Akara Hub again, sync the names from the Akara app into HomeKit, which fortunately there's a button in the Akara app settings to do that. Um, and so it pushed all the names because I try to keep the names in sync between the apps and because there's buttons for this, I do this regularly whenever I'm adding stuff and renaming things. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I uh, matched up any devices that didn't quite have the same name and restored and I'm good. And everything's now in the right, it was, everything was immediately back in the right room. All of the automations were working, etc. It was brilliant. I was so impressed. Well, I'm going to, next time we talk about HomeKit, hopefully I'll have some cool motion-based automation. I just got to figure out a way to make it work with my family. And, uh, but, yeah. but I think it would be nice to, I like the idea of walking through a room and at night and not having to like fumble for light switches. Yeah. Yeah. I found shorter time periods tend to be better. Um, now my house is definitely smaller than yours. I've stayed on your sofa, so I can say that for a fact. Yeah. Um, but I found really like five minutes after I've left a room is a good time to turn the motion sensor off. So most of my motion sensor lights are on a five minute trigger. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and, and shorter tends to be slightly more reliable there. You have an entry in the outline solar panels. I want yeah. to know what you're doing with solar panels. Well, um, I've, I've got a couple of things running on solar panels now. All of my curtain openers, which are switch box curtain openers, are now solar powered. Um, and um, this, it won't charge them from flat to fully charged, but it will absolutely keep them fully charged if they're charged up. Um, and so I've got, I've got solar panels. Um, in the bedroom in the office, I've just stuck them to the curtains and that's working really well. Uh, in the living room, um, because the curtains are in front of a door, they don't like they don't overlap the door slightly during the day. So I've just hung them on the door frame, um, and so they're they're just there. They're actually on the door itself. So when you open the door, um, I had to buy some USB C extension cables, which a car don't officially uh, sorry, which a Switchbot don't officially support, um, but it it works fine. I have no problem with that. Um, so uh, yeah, I've I've got solar powered stuff everywhere, um, and uh, I recently got my parents um, some cameras and uh, a solar panel for that as well for the outdoor camera, which my dad was very pleased with. Um, so, uh, but I see you also have solar. Yeah, I did this similar thing. You know, I went just like you got into a car. I have kind of gone all in with the Eufy E U F Y brand, particularly their camera systems. Yeah. Uh, this is a subsidiary of Anchor, if you remember Anchor mm -hmm. Cables, and I've always kind of liked and trusted the company, and so I, I bought some of their their camera stuff, and maybe we'll talk about cameras later, but one of the things I like about Eufy is that they store locally, so you don't have to pay them to store it, and you don't have to worry about them securing your camera footage. You actually store it locally in device, but they have a little, uh, nice little camera that I stuck at the, uh, on the, on the, um, fascia board uh, around my house that points down at the driveway. So somebody tries to do something to my cars at night, they're going to, you know, be on camera, but it was far away. You know, it's the farthest camera away from the house. There is no electrical line running out there. And I was, hmm. I was about to hire an electrician to come out and just run a line out there because every time the battery dies on it about every six weeks, and then I got to get the ladder out. I got to climb up. And, you know, inevitably I lose track of that. And then it's been up there for yep. three weeks and the battery's been dead. And um, so I was going to hire an electrician. And then I just got like a, you know, a, a marketing email from Eufy that said, hey, you want to get the solar panel for your camera? And I, and I looked at that and it cost about 
uh, I'm looking at $60 on Amazon, mm-hmm. which is not cheap, but it's, it's cheaper than an electrician. Yep. So I thought I'd give it a try and I, I put one up and it's amazing. It just, I mean, I have not climbed up the ladder now in like five months since I put that solar panel up there and it's a small yeah. little solar panel. You point it at the sun. Every time I open the app, the camera is fully charged and it's great. I like it so much that there's one more outdoor camera that I have to set the battery on. And I think I'm going to have to just buy another one because it's just so much easier when you don't have to think about, you know, am I, is this thing, is the battery charged on this thing? Yes. Yeah. No, my, um, I've got, um, Soma blind, uh, motors. Um, so they're, they're ones that you can just hook onto the, the cord or the chain, or there's a tilt option, which you can replace the tilt wand with. Um, of course mine had a pull cord or, or a, a cord and then the chain is rot- rotates them. So I've, I've, I've just walked to it, the regular motors. I didn't get a tilt, um, um, from them, but it, it still works. Um, those came with solar panels as well. Um, and so that's all solar powered as well. Um, the only tip I'll give people if you're looking to do this stuff with solar panels is charge the devices up fully first, um, because you might have to play a little bit with the solar panel placement before you get it right. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if you've charged it up fully first, then you, you won't be annoyed that things are running out of battery or, you know, the battery is draining a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm really pleased with that. And, I mean, I, I don't know how green it is in comparison to the production of the solar panel, but at the same time, I'm hoping to keep all of these devices for a long time because they work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And quite frankly, the less I have to touch stuff, the better. Um, I had to charge the, the, the batteries in my Ikea blinds recently, finally. I've had them for nearly a year, David, 10 months, um, and I finally needed to charge the batteries. And so I went to Ikea and I bought an extra battery and I charged that and I put it in the first blind and then I took that battery and charged sure. it, put it in the second blind and took that battery, charged it, put the thir- third blind. And now I've got an extra battery sitting in with all of my cables and stuff just ready for next time when something starts running low because uh, it's it's much easier than, oh, shoot, my, why didn't my bedroom blind go down? Right. It's because they took the battery out to charge it and I didn't put the battery in. I need to go fetch the battery um, and so on. And then it's not fully charged, etc. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so last episode we did on HomeKit, uh, we went deep in that episode on your blind motors and your IKEA blinds. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to rehash that now. We'll put a link no. to that in the show notes. But do you have anything to report on that? Are they still working okay? And are you they still work happy? Brilliantly, I've yeah. had zero problems with them at all, aside from the fact that they finally started running out of battery after ten months. And bearing in mind, I play with these. You know, I'll I'll close the blind. Um, you know, if I'm demoing stuff to somebody, um, and open it and pop and you know, and I have some of them open and close halfway at parts of the day because it's really bright. Um, again, those light sensors coming into play. Um, if it's really bright in a room, um, then I actually partially close the blind so that I, you know, don't have too much light. I found um, there's a particular van which, if it's parked at a certain angle or between a range of angles opposite my house at certain times of the day the sun will reflect off of that and shine it feels like it's boring into my skull so being able to you know half close the blind is is great um especially when it's during a meeting you can't really get up i i just have um well i've got the the ikea button actually and so i can just press it and then press the down again when it gets to the right point ish and it stops and i don't have to get up um and that's great so i am super tempted for these motorized blinds because my uh, you, since you've been to my house, we 
cleared out the front room and that turned into my studio because of, you know, COVID and the kids coming home. And I'm going to stay there. I like it, but it's got this massive window behind my desk Mm -hmm. and I love the light from it. But there are certain points of the day that the sun is just like nailing me straight in the eye if I don't close the blinds. And because it's the blinds are behind my desk, it's actually kind of a pain to get to. It's like a little ballerina thing to get back there and put them up and down. And it's a super wide window, so I probably would need two sets of them. But I w- I've been waiting to hear how you're doing on this because I think I am really pleased with them. The only thing is, is you can't like so you can if you like reach your hand right around the back because they they wrap the the bar at the bottom, the weight bar, yeah. all the way around right up to the top. If you if it runs out of battery and you really need to put the blinds down, you can very gently but firmly pull it down. Yeah. But you're not going to want to do that on a regular basis. Like that's not good for it. It's it's not going to know how far it's down, um, and so on. Because obviously the motor it's usually in charge of all of this, so you don't want to do that. But especially for window coverings that you can't slash don't ever touch by hand, it's great. And I've just put the buttons somewhere really logical for everything else. Um, and I, I've not had a problem when people have, have come and, you know, they've wanted to close the blinds or something. I've just given them a button um, and it works for, for the living room blinds because Soma don't make buttons. I actually got an Akara um, wireless button and it's got four buttons on it. So it looks like it's two up and down switches horizontally. And so one of them I've set to the rotate. Um, and now the, the problem is, of course, you can't press and hold it and get it to the right rotation level. I need to experiment. Maybe I can do that through Home Assistant, but either way, I don't really care because I've just set it up so you know that the the slide for the opening and closing is just open or closed, and that's it. Um, and then for the tilt, there's a couple of different options because you've got single press, double press, and trip and press and hold. Um, so I've set it up, and I know what all of them mean. Um, and uh, yeah, so it works. Now, are your um, roller blinds? I just have one question because I'm on IKEA's website right now. Are, are they blackout blinds? Because it looks like those are the only motorized ones they have. They, so they have blackout, and they have another one as well, which is kind of translucentish. Yeah, that's what um, I want. It's, yeah. it's a loose weave. Uh, yeah. I've got that in the kitchen. Um, I'd also like to point out that I got these blinds, and my parents liked them so much that they went and bought three blinds. Two weeks later. Wow. I, you know, I made this warning at the beginning of the show, Rose. I'm the one that's going to spend money today. This it's is great. This is All of our listeners money. will really feel like they, they've learned stuff. I mean, I'm probably going to be buying more stuff at the end of the episode anyway, because yeah. self-enablement, right? All right. Well, I'm going to look in. I'm putting, I'm saving this tab. All right. This is something I need to figure out later. But uh, Excellent. Thank, Stick thank it you in for your, enabling your, uh, Safari me. shopping yeah. Tap group. <laughs> okay. Now uh, you, and then as I was, you know, fumbling through that, you, you went into switches. I want to talk about switches for a minute because uh, you talked about the key shortcut button. That's new since the last time we talked. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so IKEA shortcuts buttons. Somebody might be thinking, oh, I can run shortcuts with buttons. I'm just going to dash your hopes and dreams right here, right now. It runs HomeKit scenes. It does not run shortcuts. Yeah. Which is a shame. I mean, I say it runs HomeKit scenes. You could also set it to control an individual item um, and or you could convert it to um, a, a shortcut and then, um, you know, you can have it run a HomeKit shortcut or you could have it get contents of URL and talk to something like Pushcut Automation Server to run a shortcut shortcut. But the IKEA shortcuts buttons are pretty great. I have one right here on my desk, David. Um, and uh, this is for some stuff that we've yet to get into. But this one that I've got here, when I press it, it opens the curtain in front of my front door. 
it pauses playback to all the speakers around the house and it buzzes my intercom to let whoever's at the door in. Wow. So say, for example, Amazon had not already come today and I was sitting here podcasting with you and I could, and I heard them buzz at the door. I could hit this button right here. And then that gives me a couple of extra seconds to say to you, hey, I need to be right back. Yeah. Um, and then go to the door, answer it, and so on. Because I've already dealt with opening the curtain, buzzing the person in, pausing any music that might be playing, etc. cetera. Um, and that's actually been really, really useful. Um, it does. Just, it just means that I feel a little bit less stressed. At, oh, gosh, I need to spring up and I need to squirrel down the end of the hallway and press the button there and open the curtain um, and, and things like that. So I, I put a door curtain on that because it also means when I unlock my front door, um, it, it automatically opens the curtain. Now the, the, um, the curtain opener with, from the switchboard is relatively slow, so it's not perfect. Um, but it, it's certainly easier than trying to fight my way in through a curtain that's over the door because there's a window above the door and otherwise people could potentially send a ladder outside and see in. I think it's unlikely, but I like having the curtain there anyway. Yeah. I, I, no, I think that's great. And, um, uh, I have also been looking into switches and I mm. invested in, uh, a switch called the flick L F L I C. I think you may have been the person who told me about these to begin with. I'm not sure. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, but they have the flick two out now and I bought a set of those and, mm. uh, they, um, they're little, it's about the size of a U.S. quarter coin, you know, maybe yep. a, an English pound. But of course, thicker, um, and it's got a little battery in it, and it's a switch, and that's all it is. And it pairs. They've got a Flick app. You've got to put a, um, a there's a piece of hardware you've got to plug in your network. I mean, you just got to get if you're yeah. going to get go down this road. One of the purchases you have to make is an Ethernet switch, you know, and yes. just get like one oh, yeah. with like ten or fifteen switches on it, and then get a bunch of little cables. But anyway, so you plug the little hardware into your Ethernet um, network. And it's just this little quarter size switch and it's got sticky tape on the back. So, uh, and you can trigger, it's a trigger in a home kit once you enable it. So uh, it's just like any other trigger in home kit. So it doesn't just trigger scenes. It can trigger anything that home kit yeah. can do. And I love these things. I've got one under my desk, you know, where I sit mm-hmm. now that my desk is downstairs if I just reach under and press one button, and also there's three registered presses on it. There's a single press, a double press, and a long press. So mm-hmm. if I press it once, it turns on the strip light around the back of my desk, the hue strip light, and it turns mm-hmm. on the other lighting in the room. And it's like when I'm working and it's getting dark in a room, I reach under there, I press one button, and the room lights up for me. If I double tap that, it turns them off. And then if I long press it, it turns on because outside my window, there's a little pond with a fountain. It turns on the fountain. Yep. And so, um, or the waterfall, really. But the um, these switches and all this stuff is stuff I could have done with HomeKit. Uh, I can even attach it now to a stream deck with um, a third-party app we'll probably get into later. But, you know, but uh, there's something nice about a physical switch that you can just touch and it, it does it. Um, I, I put another one in my bedside table and I stuck it to the inside of the drawer. You know, you open the mm-hmm. top drawer and there's a little, little, just a little button in there. And um, I have glaucoma. So at night I, I have to take four eye drops now. It's crazy. But uh, the doctor says, take one, you know, and then uh, close your eyes for five minutes and then take another one. So it's a 20 minute process to get through this. But right. the whole time my eyes are closed, I can't see anything. But, you know, I can turn the lights off and on 
just by um, reaching over. And, and also, some of the drops are kind of painful. And if the lights are on, they actually hurt its mark and whatever. Yep. Uh, but you just reach into the, the, the drawer and you press the button and I can toggle the lights off and on. And then we've got like a, another set of lights in the bedroom. If I long press, it turns those off. So it like just solves kind of a problem for me. And yeah. I know you could yell out to Siri or you could, you know, put these things on other yeah. automations. But sometimes just having a little switch that you can stick anywhere in your house is pretty convenient. Yeah, I have to say, you know, as much as being able to talk to a voice assistant is wonderful and incredibly useful, and I do use it on a regular basis, sometimes just being able to stick a button that does what you need to do where where you want it does exactly what you want. Um, I've got a, quite a few of the Akara buttons now. I've got some of the one button ones. I've got some, um, I don't have any of the twos, um, but I've got a four button one, which I've got for my blinds, and I've got um, two six buttons um and bearing in mind every single one on the akara has like like david said with the flick ones three actions so there's single press there's double press and there's long press um and being able to you know long press um on something and have it do a specific thing is really useful uh by the side of my bed though like you i've got um a button and if i press it once it just puts the house into nighttime mode um if i double press it in the morning um, then, um, it, it starts me getting ready for getting up. Um, it opens the blinds in my bedroom, but doesn't open the curtains, stuff like that. And I've got, uh, an Ikea shortcuts button now in my bathroom with an image of a shower on it, um, because you can pop off the front of these and then you can, um, it comes with some stickers. Um, and I've also, I've got a label printer, so I just printed my own. Um, uh, you could just put it on paper as well and stick it in there to be fair. Um, I've got a shower. Um, and so if I'm in, if I go in the bathroom, I press this button, it closes, um, the blinds in the living room and the curtains in the bedroom so people can't see in so i don't accidentally you know walk out of the bathroom and go oh my neighbors are outside wonderful um and uh, it starts playing music to my sonos Rome, which lives in my hallway um and then uh, i i it, or you know i might have already put the sonos Rome in the bathroom and uh then you know I, i'm ready to to shower because you know i've got my music and uh i'm ready to go yeah uh, the, the switches are, are really handy and um I'm a big fan of uh, one other switch I have is I have a Lutron Cassetta switch. Most of them are uh, off, on, and dim, but they've also got one that's just off and on. Mm-hmm. And I installed that next to the door, the front door of the house. And if you press the top button, it lights up all of the lights in the house except the bedrooms. Yep. And and if you press the uh, the bottom one, it turns off all the lights in the house except the bedrooms. And so if you're walking out the door and you're like, hey, did I turn off the lights? You just hit the bottom button. It turns them all off. Yeah. And if yeah. you're walking in and you hear a noise or for whatever reason, you just want to walk into a house that's well lit, you press the top button and the house is very well lit when you press that button. Yeah. In fact, now that I yeah. think about it, I should make a I should program a similar flick switch in my bedside where I can just press it and uh like if i hear noise at night i just press the top button and i can go down yeah i have to say um i have a couple of scenes set up for that um because um you know i've I've heard strange noises and there's never been anything wrong but just being able to hit a button and know everything is lit up really brightly i mean let's face it if somebody's broken into your house and something and then suddenly everything lights up they're gonna scarper yeah. So there's what, nothing what to worry about. What are they going to do? What, the, what you say? Scarper. They're going to run away, David. Scarper. Scarper. I've never heard that term. I like it. Okay. Well, scarpering. Uh, it's. It, I guess it's a British English thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, scarper. They'll they'll run off because they don't want to be caught. You know? Yeah. Sure. Um, 
Not to mention, if they come in our houses, they're going to walk by like six cameras on the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're, they're going to be on camera in my place as well, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, so uh, that's pretty good. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Technology Untangled. I love finding a new show to listen to, especially when it's both informative and somehow matches all of my random interests. Hosted by Michael Bird, Technology Untangled is a show that deciphers tech's rapid evolutions with one simple question in mind. What's really going to shape our future and what's going to end up in the bargain bin with the floppy disk? I listened to the episode about the mission to Mars and I really loved how it detailed all of the information about sending and receiving messages. Especially having just watched The Martian again, this really appealed to me. I think you would enjoy this podcast if you ever think about things in technology and wonder how does this really work and is this going to have an impact on me or indeed anything. And to give you an idea of episode topics, you can expect a deep dive into 5G, which untangles the who, what, whys and hows of 5G and what it means for you. How supercomputers are helping us with a fight against COVID by sifting through billions of molecules to look for drugs to repurpose, along with AI and the future of jobs, and episodes on energy information and that mission to Mars I mentioned. You're really spoiled for choice. Past guests include people from Google, Sainsbury's, Aston Martin, Red Bull Racing, Goonhilly Earth Station, The New York Times, and Nokia. Michael Bird has interviewed over 50 super interesting people this year. Think technologists, scientists, academics, developers, futurists, and IT generalists. And in the final episode of Technology Untangled, you can hear about the one innovation almost all the guests couldn't stop talking about, as well as learning how to prepare for tomorrow's innovations today. Search for Technology Untangled anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we'll include a link in the show notes. Our thanks to Technology Untangled for their support of this show and Relay FM. Speaking of the uh, Sonos Rome, I added another Sonos speaker to my house, David. Okay, why not? Well, uh, so the Sonos Rome is a, a great battery speaker with AirPlay 2. Um, it's got Qi charging, so most of the time it lives on a little Qi charger in my hallway. And this is wonderful. Um, and I realized um, IKEA sell these Symphonisk buttons. So IKEA have a, a partnership with Sonos where they actually will sell Sonos um, speakers, but they are an IKEA outer design. Um, and they don't have um, voice assistants built in. So the Google and Amazon voice assistant options aren't there. So these ones don't have microphones, which is wonderful. I have to say, I've not set my Sonos Rome up with any voice assistant because its primary usage is in my bathroom listening to me sing in the shower. Um, and I don't really want that going out anywhere. Sure. I don't think anybody wants that going out anywhere, to be honest. What, what, what songs do you sing, though? Just out of curiosity. <sighs> like I mean. ABBA, stuff like that. All right. You know, All right. a little bit of Dancing Queen. Okay. Maybe some Bee Gees. Good. Yeah, good stuff. Good. Um, but I realized I've got a button. So I, I realized you can pair this Symphonist button from IKEA with any Sonos speaker. And the Symphonist buttons are about uh, 15 pounds, probably $20 or so. So it's not insanely cheap, but it's not incredibly expensive either. And I'm much more willing to potentially ruin a button in my shower than I am willing to ruin the speaker. Yeah. So the speaker is, you know, somewhere where it can broadcast the music into the shower but it's not going to get hit by the spray of the water and so on um but the button you know I, it would be nice if i could go oh no i really don't want to listen to this track skip to the next one um and so i got the button and i stuck it in my shower it's great because you can you can you know it's a circular dial so you can move it around to turn it up um and move it back around in the other direction to turn it down press is play or pause and double press is skip to the next song 
And if you really want, there's also triple press, which is go back to the start of this song or skip backwards in general. Um, and, um, and, and it's great. And as I was showering one day and I skipped a track, I realized, hey, this is something I frequently want on my desk. I want the ability to skip a track um, or pause my music because somebody's ringing me without having to talk to my HomePod. Um, or scramble for my phone or find my watch or, or, you know, tap the right buttons on my watch, whatever it is. Um, it's a bit of a faff. Um, and um, so the only thing that I could think of as the solution to this, David, was I had to buy another Sonos, a Symphonisk picture frame that now hangs in my hallway and a button to go with it. Okay. Okay. It, it wasn't the only solution. I had many options. I could have just bought another Symphonist button and paired it with the Rome. But I was really curious because Sonos and Ikea have partnered up to create this artwork speaker system where you can buy art, which is actually a speaker. That's crazy. How's it, how's it sound? It sounds incredible, David. I really love I mean, it's a big speaker because it's a piece of art. Yeah. Um, but wow, it sounds good. I love it. Um, my only complaint is I couldn't get alternative artwork for it yet because I'm, I'm pretty certain a lot of ikea stuff was on the ever given um which was that big cargo container ship that got stuck yeah um and <laughs> blocked um every other ship in the world yeah, for yeah. quite some time um so because some of the shortcuts buttons i bought uh be warned if you're going to go pick those up buy some extra batteries straight away um because uh th so i bought eight three of them uh were out of battery and two of them have already got low battery and they've only been paired for two weeks. Like they were, they had low battery when I set them up. Um, so the CR two hundred three two batteries are cheap. They're easy to get. I've got an Amazon uh, subscribe and save for them, so they just arrive and they go in drawer and then get used up. Um, because so many things are using these batteries in my house now. But uh, yeah, so I got this uh, this Symphonisk uh, speaker art frame, which is great because um, you know I keep the the Rome in the hallway most of the time but frequently it's in the bathroom when i'm going in and out of the bathroom maybe i'm cleaning maybe i'm doing my makeup i'm having a shower and stuff um and so it, it's nice to always have music in the hallway as well um and it's a really lovely speaker so i got that and i paired um a symphonist button to it and now david at my desk i have the symphonist button so earlier today when my boss called me at work i just reached out and pressed pause put on my my airpods max and spoke to him um and that was it um and there, there, you know, there were no dramatics. There was no, darn it, the the Apple assistant has misunderstood me. No, I don't want to know what the price of jam in um Italy is today. I would like to pause my music or whatever yeah. weird thing it interprets what you're saying as. Um, I have to say, having a slight lisp. Um, the first day that I'm wearing a new set of braces is the worst. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's definitely in interfering with my ability to talk to voice assistants. Um, I set um, a timer to cook rice earlier today. Uh, and when it went off, it said your Chris timer is done. <laughs> okay, well. And I'm there going, that is, that sounds nothing like what I said. Thank yeah. you, S-I-R-A. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I now have a, a whole house uh, button which pauses my my music, um, which is great. Because the, the way I do this is AirPlay 2. I AirPlay 2 to all of my speakers. Um, and then if you pause an individual speaker in the group, then all of them get paused. That's an interesting problem to solve. I, I've kind of gone down the road of, of the home pods because, you know, they, they, they were cheap and oh yeah, the, you know, there, there's so many sales on these home pods. So at this point I've got, um, I don't even know how many I have. I have two, three, I have four of them now. And my daughter has a mini in her room 
And mm-hmm. um, so we've got like a kind of a HomePod network. And the nice thing, because I use Apple hardware, everything just kind of works together. Yes. And uh, yeah. and I don't need one in the shower. The, the way our shower, the room that has like the shower and the sink is doesn't have a door and it's connected to our bedroom. So if I play right. the bedroom one, it's loud enough. But the, um, yeah, I, I, I think that is kind of an interesting area of automation. And I should be doing more with automatically playing the music because I love music so much. But uh, right now we've still got, you know, the kids are doing, well, one of them is now going to actual school and and the other one will be leaving in like a month to, to live up at UCLA. So then suddenly I can like get a little more creative with like, I walk mm-hmm. in the room, motion sensor triggers, it's, it's sparky and turn on, you know, Star Wars or whatever. And so hopefully that's coming for me. Yes. Yeah. No, I have to say I'm very pleased with it. I've added, um, I've got another IKEA shortcuts button on my desk. Um, and depending on the time of day, um, and this is just depending on time of day right now, when I press it, it it tries to play different music based on the time of day. Um, two speakers, that's not working super well. I'm thinking I'm just going to set it up to one big smart playlist. Um, but it's quite nice having a button that I can just reach out and press and it'll start playing music. Um, um, and then, and it'll start playing a very specific playlist as well. So it won't be whatever I was listening to last. Um, I did upgrade my speaker system in the bedroom, David. I now have a HomePod mini stereo pair. So good. Really love it. Uh, rain sounds in, 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 you know, fake surround sound are wonderful. Um, that's been helping me get to sleep much more easily. Um, and, uh, yeah, they've, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I really like the HomePod stuff. Um, but if people are interested in something that can do AirPlay 2, um, which maybe has some more automation options than the Symphonisk stuff from Ikea is cheaper than Sonos, but it is Sonos hardware inside. Can we talk about cameras for a little bit? Okay. Cause you were just cool. figuring that out the last time we talked. I, have you, where have you gone with your camera system? So last time we spoke, I think I, I didn't really want cameras or outside cameras because um, I, you know, privacy of other people. Um, and then I had some packages go missing um, and oh, no. they did turn up. They were delivered to um, a, a, a street with almost the same name on the other side of town. Fortunately, the lovely lady that lives there came around and rang my doorbell uh, the next day and they said, hey, these were delivered to me, but they're not mine. These appear to be yours. I don't know what was going on with the driver. Uh, my son signed for them. Um, and I, I got the impression she was not best impressed at her son for his uh, lack of reading skills in this particular case. Um, <laughs> but um, either way, it doesn't matter. Everything turned up. But that was the point where I decided that I really do need the ability to check what's like what's happened in the hallway um, and so on. So um, at this time... The Ring people camera had not been discontinued. This was the one where you can take out the spy hole on your door and replace it with a Ring doorbell camera. Okay. Um, so I got one of those. Um, and it means that you don't need to drill anything. And I I, I set it up and then I set it up through um, Homebridge. So it's in my HomeKit setup. So when somebody rings the doorbell, I don't need to buy one of those extra Ring chimes. It dings on all of my HomePods and sends me push notifications and so on. Um and it's great. I am paying for the Ring subscription here, but I decided that was probably the lesser of the evil options because technically, because I live in an apartment, like my front door is half mine and half not mine. So yeah. I have to be careful what I do with it. Replacing the lock with a smart lock, not a problem. But adding a, a doorbell with a camera and stuff by drilling into the door frame might 
it wouldn't get me in trouble, but it might get me a sternly worded letter. Um, so I decided against that. My parents, on the other hand, wanted a smart doorbell and were telling me, oh, we want to get this ring doorbell. Um, but I know my parents, they will complain about having to pay for the subscription, but then they will complain about not having the later playback features. So um, fortunately, this was at the same time as they were looking at um, an outdoor camera. I just bought them a Eufy set um, and set it up. And um, I'm quite pleased with that. And I, I'm guessing that you've also managed to get a Eufy doorbell. Yeah. Um, I, I want to hear about your experience with Eufy because I don't know many other people that use it other than me. And I, uh, like I said, when they first kind of came on the scene, I knew they were an anchor subsidiary. So I'm like, okay, those, those are good guys. And, and I like that when you get it, like the doorbell comes with a little unit that you plug into your, you know, to your switch. You know, it's another yeah. thing you plug into your Ethernet network. Um, but it's got onboard storage. I wish that you could like put a memory stick in it because it's, I think it's. Yeah, six- so there's two different Eufy doorbells. I'm guessing you've got the 2K one, which is the one my parents also have. And it comes with a base station, which looks kind of like an Airport Extreme or a Time Capsule did That's from what I Apple. Um, yeah. And that's limited 16 gigabytes of storage. Ironically, if you'd got the 1080p um, camera, it would have come with a different door chime um, plug-in with antenna on it, and that can take a micro SD card. So you could have put a, any size micro SD card well, in there, and you'd funny. have been fine. Yeah, the but the base station it. is limited <laughs> 16 gigabytes of storage. Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, uh, that's what I have, and um, so I put it in and. This has been like a year now that it's been in. Uh, put it in when COVID was kind of getting started. And it's been great because we did get more, you know, deliveries during this time. Obviously, we couldn't yep. go out. And, it, you know, you've got to use the Eufy app. And when I first bought it, there were all these forum messages about saying HomeKit integration is coming. And, and at the same time, they had already upgraded some of their existing cameras to HomeKit integration. Yep. So I was like, well, there's a company that's proven that they can aftermarket put HomeKit in. And I just assumed it was a question of months. And of course, now it's been a year and it still doesn't yeah. have HomeKit integration. I don't know if it ever will. Um, uh, no, but it does have a HomeBridge plugin. All right. Well, I want to get to that. We're going to talk about HomeBridge later because I want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, but- because uh, this is something I'm looking at setting up for my parents. Uh, for some reason, I've been struggling to get their outdoor camera into HomeKit, even though their outdoor camera is most definitely HomeKit compatible. Yeah. Things are a bit janky. I think I need to go over there at some point and reset the base station and do some other stuff. Um, but that that's, that's a, a problem for a day when I've got a couple of hours to kill at their place and um, they won't be too annoyed if I reset all of their stuff and set it up again. Yeah. So just, just to be clear, their, their outdoor and indoor cameras are HomeKit compatible. You can if send you buy them. the, the HomeKit compatible ones, just to yeah. be clear, there are some non HomeKit compatible ones. They look the same, but double check to make sure you don't get caught out. Yeah. And once you connect them, then you see them in HomeKit and you can connect them to your HomeKit cloud storage, which is, you know, ideal because it's, it's encrypted, it's yours, it's, you don't pay for it. It's like, it's kind of, and starting with iOS 15, you're going to get, I think an unlimited number right now it's limited to five, but you can, I think it's unlimited with, with the, I think it's part of iCloud plus, Yeah, which they announced at the same time as iOS 15, but they didn't actually say it's coming at the same time as iOS 15. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it in the betas yet. I, I'm mm-hmm. anxious to see it show up. But so a lot of Eufy cameras work right in HomeKit, but then the doorbell, you've got to go in the Eufy app. The other one that hasn't made the HomeKit jump is they have some floodlight cameras where if you've got a floodlight on the exterior of your house, you pull that down, you put one of these up, and it's an LED floodlight. 
plus a camera. So whenever there's motion, you can see it there. And you've got to run those out of the UFI app. That being said, the UFI app isn't terrible. I mean, it's okay. No, it's pretty good. You can share cameras with other people in it. So my parents have shared their cameras with me. Yeah. Um, and a tip, if you go into the settings area of the the app, then you can rearrange the cameras. Yeah. Um, because, of course, my parents shared their cameras with me. And these are new cameras. You want these at the top of your UFI security app. Yeah. No, I don't really want my parents' driveway and back garden at the top of my UFI security app. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, so agreed. I rearranged it. And, and so you can do that. And... They've got a Mac app, which is kind of unique. You can get it in the Mac app store, so you can see your cameras I on your Mac. I think that's for M1 Macs, David, because I was looking on an Intel machine the other day, and I couldn't download it. I don't know if that's true or not, because I thought I ran it on an Intel machine, but maybe I'm mistaken. I know that you can also download the the mobile app on your on an M1 Mac. Like, the mobile app is not disabled. So if you, mm. like, if you prefer the mobile app, on an M1 Mac, you can download it and run it on your Mac. But they also have a separate Mac dedicated oh, okay. app. Uh, I'm looking now, it has one star after 50 reviews. I don't think it's that bad. I mean, it, it does what it, it works. says on it the It shows your cameras. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and, and the cameras are pretty good. And like when we had the big fire scares last year, we got evacuated a few times. One of the things we did as we were doing the mad scramble was I took the indoor cameras and relocated them at key windows in the house, pointing out the yep. windows. And, and so when we got, you know, because we literally could not get back to our house. Once you get evacuated, they shut down the streets and you're not allowed back. Yep. So I was able to see exactly where the fires were. I was able to look out my windows the whole time we were evacuated. And yeah, that was really handy. And um, so there's there's a lot to like about the UFIs. And they're, they're not expensive. I mean, the cameras, no. if you get them on sale or they're... I think even like the fancy ones with the motors are under $50 and you shouldn't buy yes. those because you can't control those motors from home kit. So no, you can't, but you can control them in the UFI security app. And actually I'm a big fan of those. I've got some running around. I have one in the kitchen when I was fostering uh, Smudge, yeah. the adorable kitty who I'm pleased to see is doing very well in her new home for anybody who's wondering. Yeah. Um, she's apparently ruling the roost. Um, uh, but, um, it was, it's, it's really good because in the UFI app, you can rotate it. So I'm actually going to be, uh, taking a little bit of a break. I'm going on holiday, um, precise location to be determined depending on, you know, restrictions, problems with the world, etc. Um, and in September, and I will be relocating all of my cameras to near windows, but this also means that I can pan around. So if I stick one, for example, on the window here in my office, yeah. um, pointing out the window, I will actually be able to rotate it to point into the room as well. So yeah. I can just check everything's okay. Yeah, um, which totally. Which is really nice. Yeah, and, and it, those cameras do connect to HomeKit. And once Apple gets this HomeKit, you know, multiple camera, like right now you get five, but... You know, yeah. for a couple hundred bucks, you could put five of these things all over your house. When you're gone, you could have a ton of coverage outdoor, outside or inside. And they're they're also so cheap. I'm tempted to put one outside, honestly, just to, if it gets wrecked, it's not yeah. the end of the world. Yeah, um, this actually ties back to the the uh, the um, Sonoff uh, micro USB smart adapter I mentioned at the the top of the episode. Sure. Um, because I know some people would like to have their cameras on, for example, when they're asleep. Um, but they don't want them on during the day when they're at home. Um, with And so the the way to do that with a camera is to kill the power to it. Yeah. Um, because Apple doesn't have an option for off when I'm awake, but on when I'm asleep. It's either it's on when you're at home or it's off when you're at home. Full stop. 
Yeah. Um, and so I am also considering play, uh, toying with these Sonoff um, USB smart adapters to turn the cameras off, you know, when I'm at home in rooms doing stuff. I don't need the camera on because I'm there and I can see it. Um, but then, um, you know, when, when, when I'm not at home or when I'm asleep, turn it back on. Because um, the other thing is I've got a camera in my living room pointing at the glass doors. Um, but if I've got a guest who's staying in that room, I really don't want the camera on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, it, if I've got a, a guest staying there, then I actually, um, I I have a 3D printer, David. I 3D printed a cover for the camera so I can just drop it over. Sure. Um, because this way. They know. They, this way they know that yeah. I can't see it yeah. because, you know, there's a black cover over a white camera. It's pretty darn obvious. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's a little peace of mind for them that definitely nobody can see. Um, and also, you know, it'll be powered off as well. Um, that's for my peace of mind. So it's definitely powered off, but this way, you know, they don't need to worry about being seen. Um, so, yeah. I think that's all good ideas. And, um, and like if you could get those USB power switches connected to a button at your bedside table, it'd be really great to be able to turn the cameras off around that way. Well, I will keep playing and report back at a later date. I am fairly confident that I can connect this stuff to, um, to Home Assistant, and Home Assistant can send things into HomeKit the same way HomeBridge does. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll report back, but uh, I'm, I'm 99% confident right now it can be done. Yeah, it sounds like we're both in a pretty good place with cameras right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm really pleased with mine. I also, um, because I had an extra camera for the cat, um, and now I currently don't have a cat i'm not fostering a cat um i i repurpose it to point at my 3d printer uh so <laughs> i have a camera pointed so at my you know 3D when printer it's done did. yeah good uh, well i already know when it's done because i have a whole automation setup for that which maybe we should go into in the future it's nice to be able to check in and see in, in high resolution how things are doing and so on and the other thing we've not mentioned about the eufy indoor cameras is you can stick a micro sd card in the camera yes because the eufy indoor cameras are wi-fi they do not connect to a base station but you can stick a micro SD card in it so it's got on-device storage if you want to. You don't have to, but you can. Yeah, and in the app, assuming you haven't moved it over to HomeKit, uh, in the app you can see prior events. Like you can go through yes. and scrub them off the card. And it does a rolling, right? So it yeah. fills it up and this kind of, it's always and It deletes the oldest first. Yeah, and the bigger yeah. stick you put in it, the longer history you keep. And uh mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm just so happy with those cameras, and they're not expensive. Uh, we've got one on the dog crate because she sleeps in a crate at night. Uh, the yep. the Ahsoka cam, and uh, you know we're always checking in on her. Or when we leave, and we put her in there for a couple hours, we can see how she's doing. Yep. Yeah, just good stuff. This episode of the Automators is brought to you by Privacy. Go to privacy.com/automators for smarter payments and get five dollars to spend on your first purchase. Financial transactions and online banking are awesome. It's so convenient. But I also worry when I log into these systems exactly what kind of data I'm giving to what people. I don't want someone to take advantage of that data to steal money from me or personal information or compromise my privacy. Privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure. By generating virtual numbers, privacy masks your bank information so you never have to worry about giving it out to people you don't know online. I know we've all experienced that moment where there's some online store that has something you want to buy. It's maybe the perfect gift or something you've been looking for for yourself. But then they get to that window where they want you to type in your credit card information. 
And this is a vendor you've never heard of before. You don't even know what country they're located in. Do you feel safe giving them your credit card information? Well, that's why a service like privacy is so important. With privacy, you take back control of your payments. You decide who can charge your card and how much and how often. And you can close a card at any time. Plus, you can make sure that you are never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password, so you can create and use and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards are created in 1Password, then they'll have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards. And you can set up spending limits, create single-use or merchant locked cards whenever you want. So head to privacy.com slash automators and sign up for an account. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Once again, that's privacy.com slash automators to sign up now. And our thanks to Privacy for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. All right, Rose, we've done a terrible job of managing this outline. <laughs> so uh, we've got a couple here we're going to go through fast. But something that's yeah. changed for both of us since uh, we last talked about this stuff is air purifiers. Suddenly yep. that's a thing. Yeah. Um, so wh- what are I you went doing? to the optician. I have hay fever. And yeah. apparently it made my eyelids really bumpy. And my optician was incredibly unimpressed with me. Uh, so um, I, I got some air purifiers. And I, I went a little bit mad. Um, so I got a smart me. Um uh, that's MI um, uh, for the me. Um, and that's a HomeKit air purifier. I love it. It's great. It works. It lives on auto next to my sofa and it's wonderful. Um, and then I realized I needed one in my bedroom, one in my office. So I got some Hymox, H-I-M-O-X ones, which pro tip, don't pair them with the app that it says to, pair them with the Toya app. That's T-U-Y-A because Toya is is like the the protocol behind a lot of this. Um, stuff and if it's connected to the Toya app, Toya has a Homebridge plugin and a Home Assistant plugin where you can then get your stuff into HomeKit through that. So I now have three air purifiers into HomeKit, and then it got really hot, so I bought a Dyson fan slash air purifier for the living room because that's my largest room connected to the kitchen. I thought an extra air purifier probably wouldn't hurt, and uh, this fan is Wi-Fi, so it turns on and off through HomeKit slash homebridge as well which i'm really pleased with that works really well for me and i have to say i have noticed my eyes um and in general sinuses feeling a lot better since i installed air purifiers everywhere yeah we uh when covid started we got a couple i got the one recommended by wire cutter it's the cowway c-o-w-a-y air purifier i'll put an amazon link in uh, it has no automation tools built in i mean it doesn't connect to anything except it does yeah. have an auto button on it Yep. And it has a sensor, and if the room is bad, it turns itself up. So you can have it run that way, or you can just have it run steadily at, at any one of the four yep. motor settings. And we run them 24-7. I don't turn them off at all. I, mean, I just leave them going. I turn off the one in my bedroom um, and the Dyson fan in the living room when I go to bed, um, just because I don't need them running all the time. Like The one next to my bed is basically next to my head. Or it's yeah. at the pillow end of the bed because there's a limited number of locations to put this sure. in my bedroom. Um, so I I have that one turn off. Um, it's also got a light on the top, um, which I found if you set up an automation in the Toya app um, for these Hymox ones, um, then you can have when it turns on, turn off the light. Because by default, when it turns on, it turns on the light and there's no way to disable that. Yeah. I don't understand why it's got this blue ring light around the top anyway. I guess so that you know it's on. 
the one in my office I don't care it's on a shelf above my head glancing up there is actually quite useful because I can see oh it's on doing things great though at the moment it's off because of podcasting yeah. um but the one in the bedroom I, I don't want that on um and especially it it would spin up at night and that's frustrating when you don't need that yeah so I had the same problem that there's a light a bright light on the top of this one and the one in the bedroom lights up the bedroom so um, I researched it, couldn't find a way to turn it off. So I have a nice little tidy towel that lays on top of the air purifier. And now I don't see the light. <laughs> and that, that was my... Electrical uh, tape is your best friend when it yeah, comes to these Yeah, you know what? I should LEDs. do electrical tape, except I actually kind of like seeing the settings underneath it during the day. Yeah. But the... Um, I should probably just do electrical tape, but, but the... Uh, anyway, my automation solution for this was not to go into HomeKit uh, products. I, I felt like for an air purifier, just leave it running and then you're good, but get one that can adjust its motor speed to yeah. the needs. And the other thing, uh, just about air purifiers, I always thought that they might just be snake oil and not worth the trouble. And immediately my daughter yeah. and me who have allergies had a better time when we put these yeah, things in. Same. And then when the fires came through here and we had ash in the air, Usually when we have ash in the air, we are cleaning ash off everything because it just gets in the house. It's everywhere. Yeah. And with these air purifiers, like took all that out and it was great. So um, if you're on the fence about buying one of these, I would recommend getting one no matter which one. You yeah. Get. Yeah. I have to say it's reduced the amount of dust um, in my flat by quite a bit. Um, and um, I, I'm really pleased with that. The, one of the reasons why I went for smart, aside from being able to turn off the one in my bedroom when I go to bed is uh, when I turn on a film on TV, specifically a film, um, I'm using a Homebridge plugin with Plex to to achieve this. When I turn on a film, it turns off the air purifier in the living room um, yeah. because that one's right next to the sofa. And I don't want that spinning up because I've microwaved popcorn and it goes, oh, popcorn, yeah, know. you yeah. know, pollutants <laughs> in the air. It's like, yes, there are pollutants in the air, but you know what? I'm good with it this time. Most of the time, I want you to be doing exactly what you want to do right now, but not while I'm watching a film. Thank you. Yeah, the, the, this morning I was um, working at my desk and there's a little chair next to my desk. I call it the co-pilot chair where, where the dog sits in the mornings. And uh, I gave her a snack and she stretched and stood up and shook. And then immediately the fan next door went, uh-oh. And it just like fired up. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this thing still works, you know? Yep. Just the act of the dog shaking was enough for the fan to say, okay, yep. th this room needs an extra sweep. Okay. Yep. Speaking of sweeping, also, let's make this a quick one. What's your status with your robot vacuum? I mean, I think- Love it. Runs regularly. Yeah. I've set up a, a further automation now. When it docks after it's finished, it sends me a notification to tell me to empty it. Yeah. Um, because this is very useful. Um, and as well as telling me to empty it, it also says run the mop. Because David, I managed to get a robot mop. Um, I got okay. an open box returned on eBay. Yeah. Um, so um it, it was brand new. Um, it was just the box was a little bit damaged where somebody had opened it and decided that they didn't want it and sent it back. Now I bought a robot mop. You might be thinking, oh wow, that sounds really fancy. It is the dumbest robot mop in existence. And this is a very good thing because it's water and electricity and you don't really want these things to get overly smart and confident and do stuff. Yeah. You fill the head with water. You stick a cleaning cloth on there. I bought some third-party cleaning cloths on Amazon to bulk it out so that I've got plenty to get me through the week. You put it down and you press the button. Uh, it can do dry mopping and wet mopping. It beeps when it's done. If, if you're thinking, you know, oh, yeah, this is like a robot vacuum where I can just have it start automatically, there may be some that exist, but you're still going to need to refill it with water before it runs so i'm perfectly happy with the very dumb model um it does have a little mapping 
Dubry that you have to like leave on the counter. Um, so when I take it into the bathroom, um, I, I swap the cloth um, on the way um, and I take the sensor with me as well. Um, and uh, I found actually closing the lid on the toilet um, and just placing the sensor there on the toilet. It's about in the middle of the room in the bathroom. That works great. Uh, the only thing I'll say is what I do is I actually double mop every room because I wouldn't do this if I was mopping myself. But let's face it, I wouldn't mop on a daily basis if I was doing this by hand anyway. But robot vacuums, robot mops, they're not as good as humans, but by running every single day, they are better than humans at this. Yeah. Um, so um, instead, um, I put it facing one way um, in the kitchen and in the bathroom. I, in the bathroom, I, I can move the bin and the scales so that they're out of the way of the mop. In the kitchen, I can't really move the islands, uh, the, the trolleys and the bins out of the way um, entirely. So I just have it mop in one direction, move the trolleys and the bin um and uh, have it mop in the other orientation in the bathroom i just pick it up stick it on the other side pointing a different way and tell it to go again and it's really good i'm really pleased i've had which no brand you didn't say which brand you bought uh, i think it's a brava um irobot brava maybe yeah um it's the white it's like one a little square um, little square yeah 360t um or something um it, it was very cheap because i got it open box on ebay uh, these, it looks like they retail for sometimes like 250, 300 pounds, David. Um, I certainly did not pay that much for mine. I think I got 75 pounds open box, including postage. <laughs> so I feel like I might have got a steal. <laughs> the iBrava, the iRobot Brava, because Brava, I think, was a separate brand that got bought by iRobot. Mm -hmm. And I had the prior version of it, and it eventually died on me. Uh, but it worked well, but it did. It wasn't wet. It was just a dry mop. And uh Yeah. That's yeah, mine came good. with two heads. Um, yeah. And the, the beauty of the two heads um, is that um, it, it, you, you've you got one dry head and one wet head. So the dry head, you just you wrap a, a cloth around it. There are two different kinds of cloths. There are white cloths, which are smooth. And then there are blue cloths, which are like rounded microfiber. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the blue cloths go on the wet head. Um, and uh, then I just chuck them all in with the other microfiber stuff that I do laundry with. Yeah, and and just for uh, clarification, U.S. Amazon store that's one hundred and seventy nine dollars. So it's not that bad. I mean, uh, I have the robot vac. I have an iRobot as well. It's the one I got it uh, on one of these Amazon sales. I think it might be the prior model, but it's the one that has the little housing that it plugs into and cleans itself out. And uh, it, it is a spinning vacuum, but I use it on a hardwood floor, and it actually gets a lot of picks up a lot and. Uh, the one I have has a ton of features. It's got HomeKit integration. It's got mapping. And honestly, I don't use any of that stuff. Um, the only thing I do is I will kick it off from the app occasionally. I guess it's not HomeKit. It's just it's from their app. And I'll, yeah. I'll push yeah. the button to get it started, and it'll leave its little house and start vacuuming. But uh, I do that several times a week. And like you said, it's not as good as if I were to sweep the room. But just by repetition, it, it gets spots that I wouldn't get, and it keeps the, the floor clear. I'm super yes. tempted to get one of these mops as well, because on hardwood floors, I think it would be nice to do that in yeah. addition. I have to say, I'm very impressed, because my kitchen is right next to my living room. My kitchen has got um, uh, tiles down, um, and my bathroom as well, and my, my living room has carpet. Um, and there is a little um, a, a door strip between them, and it's slightly rounded up to account for the extra height provided by the carpet. And my robot runs up against that, and it stops. It's not a big lip. It's yeah. maybe half an inch or yeah. so. And I can see it going up because it actually cleans the strip. Yeah. And so I can see that it could mount, but it doesn't. It, it's using some kind of 
amazing magic to go, I shouldn't go here. Yeah. Um, so I actually don't need to close the door. I do close the door in the bathroom just because otherwise it has to try and navigate around the door in a very narrow space. And I feel like it does a better job if the door is closed. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's 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 really good. I'm I'm really pleased with this because it it does mean that things stay cleaner. And I have, you know, if if I, you know, the other day I managed to drop some toast in the kitchen um, and it was, oh, my gosh, I've dropped toast in the kitchen. Darn it. It's like our, I just press the button on the robot vacuum and it goes. And yeah. you're dealing with this, you know, pick up the big bits, but the robot vacuum's good deal with the rest. And so it just ran and that was it done. You know, no problems. Yeah. I, I really think these things are useful and the idea of being able to offload that stuff to, you know, robot is a, it's a great idea. So anyway, that's a winner. Yeah. I, I have the robot vacuum run when I've left home, when there's nobody at home. Sure. Um, it just comes out and it runs, um, during sort of Monday to Friday, it, it runs at about 10 o'clock in the morning, usually, unless it's already run, you know, because I've said, oh, there are crumbs on the floor. I should get that. Um, but it just runs automatically about 10 o'clock in the morning, which is, uh, great. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I want to talk about, we're changing topics. I want to talk about home assistant and what you're doing with it and just kind of explain what you've done. Cause this is entirely new since the last time we went into this. Yeah. So for people not familiar, Home Assistant is kind of like a brain for your home in the same way that HomeKit is a brain for your home. So you might think, oh, these are competing products. It's one or the other. That's not true. You can use them together. I am. You could switch everything over to Home Assistant pretty much, but you don't have to. So I'm using both. Um, and so you can run Home Assistant. It's it's You can run it as something that you just download and install. That's not the best way to do it. The best way to do it is to run it as an operating system either in something called a Docker container, which is basically like a container with everything in it. Or in my case, I bought a Raspberry Pi. I bought a blue um, case for it because Home Assistant's icon is blue. Um, and that that is my Home Assistant setup. And it's just running on that. And um, I actually went as far as to get a Zigbee um, dongle and a Z-Wave dongle, um, which means it's like a Hue or an Akara or an Ikea hub. And Z-Wave is the same thing, but for my Yale locks, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but it can, so it can both read stuff in from HomeKit and it can also share stuff out to HomeKit. Um, one, one thing that completely confused me to start with is when you're setting up the HomeKit, you get um, a selection of device types. And so I was there, oh, right, yeah, I want to share um, some thermostats I created, I'll get to that in a second, um, to HomeKit. So I clicked the temperature option and I selected the device and it reshared my NetAtmos stuff back. I did not realize that these are inclusive statements, not exclusive statements. So I don't have to sh- say I'm going to share sensors and then ex- and then share the, the, um, the thermostats. I can not share any device types and I can just explicitly select the items that I want included, um, which is much, much easier. Um, because, um, yeah, I, I, I have it not sharing everything because otherwise I suddenly have all of my hue bulbs twice yeah. and I don't need that. That's, that's yeah. completely unnecessary. Um, but home assistant can let you do things like, for example, I have Netatmo, um, sensors in some of my rooms. Um, so, um, these are, um, in one case I've got a wireless one and in the other case I've got the healthy home coach, um, which plugs in by a micro USB and they do temperature, um, humidity, uh, air quality, volume, etc. Um, and th- they're great. Um, and I have paired the temperature sensor with this with my IKEA smart plug. And that combined together is now a thermostat. And I've set this up in Home Assistant. Um, it's called a generic thermostat. I'll, I'll link to a specific piece of documentation. But it means I can say, hey, Apple lady, 
um, set the temperature in the bedroom to 21 degrees. That's Celsius, by the way, for people getting very concerned that I'm trying to freeze myself to death. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it will then turn on and off the heater in the bedroom to reach and maintain a temperature of 21 degrees. And that's something that Home Assistant can do. But in HomeKit, that's pretty difficult to do. You, you end up creating a whole bunch of automations. Things don't necessarily work quite the way you expect. But by creating a fake thermostat, through Home Assistant, Home Assistant is the one doing all the logic and it's the big brain in the back going, yep, turn on. Okay, we're good now, turn off. Yeah. Turn on, we're good, turn off. And and so it makes it easier to do things like my dishwasher. Um, I have a dishwasher, the door opens at the end of the cycle, but stuff's still really, really hot from the cycle. Um, and so instead I have a, um, I actually bought a Xiaomi button because I was playing around with this stuff. And I paired that to the Zigbee dongle. And I paired an Akara door sensor to the Zigbee dongle as well. And so I stuck the Akara door sensor on my dishwasher. And I put the, um, and the reason why I ended up with the button is because during the day, as I, as I load in my dishwasher, I open and close the door. And I didn't want this to, I didn't want my automation to trigger just any time the door opens. I specifically only wanted it to trigger when the door opens at the end of a washing cycle. Yeah. Um, so I got this button, I stuck it on my dishwasher. Um, and now when I start my dishwasher, I press the go button on the dishwasher and I press the, the Xiaomi button that's uh, stuck on the top of it. Um, and then when the door opens, it waits 10 minutes and it sends me a notification to say, go empty the dishwasher. And that was really easy to do in Home Assistant, but would have taken me a long time to do in HomeKit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, um, so my dishwasher goes or something at the end of the cycle. Um, I've noticed that on some of the longer cycles, that coincides exactly with when I get that push notification from Home Assistant, which is pretty amazing. So, uh, so it's working out for you. I mean, it really is. You, you should really write this up, though, because I think the process of you know setting it up on a Raspberry Pi and everything. I think there, this isn't something we can cover on a podcast, but I'd be it, fascinated. It's a little to read trickier the to do, but I will yeah. say the Home Assistant documentation on their website is very good. Um, the only thing is, is you you might need some extra plugins. So I will try and write this up. I might not get this done by the time the show comes out, but keep an eye on the RSS feed from my blog, um, and uh, you'll 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 get a new um, version. It's also simplified my washing machine and tumble dryer um, automations because I tried using vibration sensors, and it kind of works for a dryer where it's just consistently you know rotating your clothes to dry them. Yeah. It does not work so well for a washing machine where it's got a filling cycle and a soaking cycle all of which are stationary <laughs> with yeah. the machines not moving at all. And so I tried switching to Eve smart plugs for this and I had a push cut automation fired off by a button on the, on the uh, machine. So I pressed the button, it would send off a, a thing to, to push cut to say, Hey, she's starting a wash. Um, and then it would cycle through every five minutes or so and check the energy levels on the washing machine um, and the tumble dryer. And I was using Eve smart plugs for this. Um, one Eve smart plug did not like being a tumble dryer plug, David. Um, so that one, it didn't die. It didn't kill my tumble dryer either, fortunately, but it was just cutting out at various times. If I ran the dryer a couple of times in a day, it just went, this is too much for me. I can't do this. Yeah. Um, so, so I listened to it and I, I, I gave it a good retirement. It's not going to power some Christmas tree lights, um, instead, um, because you know, that that's going to be considerably lower, um, effort for it. Um, and I, I did some digging on the Home Assistant forums, which are a wealth of information. And I found TP-Link Casa 
um, plugins, uh, smart plugs, sorry. They're also Wi-Fi and they do energy monitoring. So I'm accomplishing the same things as I did with the Eve stuff, but they, 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 they talk to the Cars app. They don't integrate with HomeKit. And you might think that this is a disadvantage, but for me, this is a huge advantage because I, I only made this mistake once. I asked my HomePod to turn everything off. Oh, it turned off the washer and the dryer David. <laughs> Fortunately, neither machine was running at the time. Otherwise, that could have been a significant problem. Uh, but you only make that kind of mistake once. Um, and uh, so um, instead, I, I don't have these plugs show up in HomeKit at all, because now I can ask Siri to turn on and off whatever I like, and I don't need to worry about it turning off something that shouldn't be turned off. But these monitored energy usage, again, in Home Assistant, um, and then when the energy usage drops on the machine, then it sends me a notification to go and empty it, um, which is wonderful. And I, I'm really pleased with that because that simplified things significantly. Um, and yeah, it makes my life much easier. The actual Casa pl smart plugs that I'm using, um, I picked them up on eBay very cheaply because they were the ones specifically listed in the forums as people are doing this automation with them and i thought let's let's not go off piste here yeah. um that sounds like a recipe for disaster uh tp link do have some new ones i have one arriving it should have arrived today but amazon had a hiccup i think they accidentally left the parcel at the depot david um so i, I couldn't get it here today and check that it does the same thing um but there is a new one um which also does energy monitoring if you're looking into this stuff you're going to need one that can do energy monitoring um, because just knowing a machine is on or off won't really help you here. Um, so you'll, you'll need to get the energy amount, but that, that's much easier. Um, but honestly, David, the real reason why I dove into Home Assistant in the first place was the Z-Wave module and smart locks, because I've kind of upgraded my home security. <laughs> All right. So explain that. What are, what are you doing with smart locks? Uh, well, I got two. Um, I got a Yale Connexus L1 for the multi-point lock on my front on my patio doors. These are the doors that I use most of the time. Um, and I got a Yale keyless for my other door, and that's got a touch um, number pad on it. Yeah. Um, so you can type in number. Both of them can use uh, or do use NFC tags, and you can pair the same NFC tag to multiple locks. So I just have one NFC fob on my keyring. I've got one NFC fob in the little pouch that my my key key card for my car stays in because it just works if i'm in the car yeah. um but the yale stuff you can buy a z-wave module to put inside of them um and this of course costs extra um and i believe in the u.s um yale actually have a a home kit module which you can put in there um as part of their partnership but then you have to buy their plug uh their their bridge to connect it um and this way i just bought the z-wave modules I paired it to the Z-Wave dongle in Home Assistant. And then I said, hey, and by the way, send these over to HomeKit as well, please. And it works. I can get home. I get out of the car. I talk to my watch and say, open the patio door. And it opens the patio door. And I just pull the handle down and I walk in. Nice. It's it's perfect. Um, and I, as an extra bonus, I set it up um, so that when I lock the door, it automatically closes the blinds inside because the blinds, have um you know they they slide open and close and they can also rotate and so it just puts them back to the the central close position um as well so that you know I you know but then when I get home the first thing that happens is that the blinds automatically open um which is wonderful I'm I'm really pleased with this setup it works very well I have to say I think Home Assistant is even more reliable than Homebridge 
And I only had a couple of hiccups with Homebridge, and it was because I hadn't updated my Raspberry Pi and it desperately needed some updates. So I ran the updates, and that's rock solid now as well. Um, I'm really pleased with all of this. I am extremely happy with my home uh, home automation setup right now. That does not mean I'm not going to change a bunch of things, but I am just very happy with it. There's always room for improvement. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're, um, you know, that you've got what you want and everything's working. And I'm glad we uh, took the time today to kind of go over thing. Any like overall tips now that you've been implementing these things that you've kind of lessons you've learned along the way that might help people out? Yeah. Uh, Post-it notes, a Sharpie, uh, a masking tape or painter's tape. All right. Explain, um, <laughs> explain that. So you go to Ikea and you buy 10 shortcuts buttons or whatever, or you, you get in a car order, come through with all of your stuff. It's more efficient and more fun, quite frankly, to pair all of the devices and then go stick them in the right place and set them up later. Yeah. You do that and you're in for a world of hurt because there is nothing worse than sitting there and you've got 20 buttons sat in front of you and you no longer know which one is which. Yeah. So a post-it note and a Sharpie um, to to write down when when it gets set up, what its default name is. Um, and um, masking tape can, can help you um, in some cases uh, for anything that plugs in. If you don't have your label printer handy, I hope you've got a label printer. You've got a lot of things to label. Do yourself a favor, label every single port on that Ethernet switch with what it's connected to. Also, buy some nice short Ethernet cables so you don't have, you know, a meter and a half of unused cable um, hanging around there unnecessarily. Some nice short color-coded Ethernet cables are your friend. But label all of the things. Um, anything that can move. If you've got children or pets, make sure everything can be labeled, whether or not it's supposed to move. Uh, because otherwise stuff will end up in places that you're not expecting. Um, and um, you can also use masking tape to stick door and window sensors in positions to try them out um, and and check for your spouse or partner approval pack factor. Um, if they look <laughs> at it and go, what have you done here? I, I hate the look of this. Yeah, yeah. Peeling masking tape or painter's tape off of something is much easier than those three M pads. Those three M pads go on. Um, the Titanic ain't going to get them off. Yeah, They're there for good. Yeah. So if you think at all, ever, you may want to, I don't know, replace the battery or something, spend a little time at the start, um, White Spirit, Gugon, whatever, get those sticky pads that come stuck on the back of the devices off. You do not want to use those. Buy stock in Velcro sticky pads because then you can remove the button from wherever it is. Make sure to leave the little screw hole or whatever it is that allows you to um, replace the battery available so that you can then replace the battery without having to try and peel all the sticky stuff off, which just makes an already annoying job more annoying because you, you yeah, you're going to have to replace batteries. You're going to want to move stuff and the Velcro sticky pads will peel off um, and a little wipe down with some just general cleaning fluid will get any stickiness that they've left behind off as well, um, which is great. Um, and speaking of replacing batteries, just buy them. Like when you buy the device, buy some spare batteries, write on the box or the packaging what it's for, spare batteries for Akara sensors, spare batteries for Ikea sensors, spare battery for Ikea blinds, spare battery for ring doorbells and cameras, whatever it is. Um, just write it on there, um, label all things, and then, you know, you've got extra batteries. Now, I don't have an extra battery for my ring doorbell because I have one ring doorbell. If I had six ring doorbells, I would have a spare battery, but yeah. I don't, so... Yeah, yeah. Th those are those are my big tips because stuff you're gonna you're gonna have to tweak and modify things. Make it as easy as possible for you to do that. And also, when you're playing with stuff at the start, you will kill batteries really quickly. So if you've already got spares, 
you already know what the spares are for, then it's easy to just pull out a box of batteries and go, ah, these are the ones that say they're for the IKEA sensors. Perfect. It says they're CR2032s, Amazon them as soon as they arrive, write down the CR2032s for the IKEA sensors and stick it back in the box. Yeah. Um, it's much easier to to really be ahead of this stuff. Is uh especially if you get a smart smoke detector and it takes a non-standard battery. Hi, that's me. I bought a Xiaomi one. Um, it's wonderful. I really love it, but it takes a non-standard battery. I am so grateful I've already got a spare because the day that starts beeping because it's running out of battery, <laughs> I can just replace it instead of living with the 3 a.m. Well, well, also, I think that like just collecting that stuff, like even just putting it in plastic baggies um, yep. with a label, I mean, just just make sure, you know, do future you a favor with all of this oh, yeah. stuff and just take a minute so it's a lot easier. And uh, one bit of advice I'd add is Rose and I have both obviously gone kind of overboard with this stuff. and But we didn't start with all this stuff. We just kind of built it up. I mean, for me, this has been like a five-year journey. And yeah. so I think you just you know start with a problem and find some automation to fix that and then see where it goes from there. But I, I find it really just amazing to be able to control the lights and and you know, have the robot vac clean the floor and all this stuff. I, I just really find it nice. So it's something worth spending some time on. Absolutely. Yes, I, I agree. Um, you know, and you don't have to do all the things at once. I know if you're thinking, oh gosh, 10 day shipping from China with these with these sensors, I'm just gonna buy all of them at once. I mean, buy one on Amazon, pay more money for it and get it tomorrow and see if if it works the way you like, if it's the same, if it's the size that you like, you know, these sensors are pretty small. Um, but you know, you might still think, actually, I don't like the way that that sticks out on the door frame. Yeah. But the good news is you stuck it up on masking tape, right? Because that's what I told you to do. Um, and, um, you know, and you've only got one of them, you haven't got 10 of the things. So it's, it's very easy to deal with just having one. Um, but yeah, the, the, the you know, this stuff is great. Take a little bit of time. Um, I have to say the Ultimates Forum is great. There's also, if you are a Really FM member, um, doubly so if you're a Really FM Ultimates member, because we love you, um, there is uh, a great Discord uh, server where people sit and chat. There is a home channel and you can go in there and talk home automation. There are some wonderful people with amazing ideas in there. Um, and I'm not just talking about me. I do pop in there from time to time, but there are lots of great people with things. There are people that have already got the Meryl's garage door opener and things like that. So if you want to ask questions, um, that's that's another great place to pop in and see because, you know, lots of people with lots of experience uh, steal from the collective mind. You know, we are the Borg in this case. Uh, make sure you get that information. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that's a lot. That's a lot for whole automation, but, uh, you know, it's funny how much it's evolved for us since the last time we did one of these shows. It is. And, yeah. uh, I think it will still continue to evolve, but, but the, uh, anything that you're looking forward to with iOS 15 and home automation? I don't think they've really changed a huge amount aside from, you know, that, that limitation with the number of cameras, um, which always did feel a little bit, um, you know, nitpicky with yeah. the fact that it was just one um five cameras on the two terabyte option and one on the 200 gigabyte option uh unfortunately they're they're just moving that down so it's five on the 200 gigabyte option and unlimited on the two terabyte option yeah. uh, which also means if you're part of apple one um then you'll you'll get that which is great so yeah before we go actually though david i did um we did get a question specifically about home automation for today okay. and that's from chris c and um, I, I double checked. He lives in an apartment here, so he can't go about replacing light switches. 
Um, but he said, if somebody was on a budget and wanted to automate their home lighting, what products would you recommend? And I think I'm probably going to have to say light bulbs. Yeah. Ikea light bulbs, Akara light bulbs, Meros light bulbs, Nanoleaf um, Essentials light bulbs, um, or Ikea ones probably um, are going to be the option. Um, aside from the Nanoleaf, they're all going to need a hub. But Nanoleaf, if you've got a HomePod Mini, should work because it, it's thread. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think I think that's the answer for him, isn't it? I I think that you know the light bulbs when they first came out were like a hundred dollars a light bulb. Yeah, and that's just not true anymore. Now they're very affordable. So you know, just get a couple of them and try them. But if you're going to do light bulbs and you're not going to be able to change switches, you're going to go crazy if people turn that switch off and then suddenly the light bulb isn't connected to power. So therefore, none of your home automation stuff works. So. This goes back to my masking tape tip of just yeah. tape the light switch yeah, so tape that nobody the light can switch, change it. Or they do sell like little magnetic covers or... Yeah, yeah, they sell childproof covers for these things as well so that you can still get at it if you do need to flip it to say change the light bulb yourself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that you, you won't get to it the rest of the time, which is is pretty good. Yeah. And have a nice talk with your significant other <laughs> before you do yes. it. And yes. explain to them how it works and... Maybe even buy uh, maybe some flick switches or some of these relatively inexpensive switches to put nearby the light switch because people, other people in your house are not going to understand that they need to pull their phone out of their pocket, turn the lights off. No, I have to say, actually, if you get the IKEA ones, um, IKEA sell um, three different kinds of remote controls now, but there's one that's just like, um, there's a one and a zero on it. It's binary. Um, So, um, you know you can get that and it's just an up and a down if you cover the regular light switch and put that right next to it or on top of it that is incredibly obvious for people exactly what it does that switch won't appear in HomeKit, unlike the shortcuts button but it will it's it's instantly recognizable to people um so um i i you know that that's definitely a point in favor of ikea um because you know you're you're probably not going to want to buy loads of hubs um it'll get to the point where it's hub city also known as my TV unit, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's worth looking into. And uh, fr- from what I can tell from having a quick chat with Chris, because um, I happen to be in the Discord when he asked this question, um, his, his wife is very on board with these things, providing it works. So um, I, I also recommend add some magic, add, add a motion sensor or something, so that when you walk into the room and it's dark, um, the lights turn on. Don't use cameras as motion sensors because they look at. If a pixel is changed and when lights turn off or turn off, pixels change. Um, and that can slash will drive you crazy. I've been there. I made that mistake once, never again. <laughs> yeah. And, and like um, Apple has promised like facial recognition with cameras. And mm-hmm. that's been there for like a year or two now. I honestly cannot get that to work. Uh, I pointed a UV camera at the front door. As you walk through the front door, it sees your face. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could get it to recognize me and play my favorite playlist when I walk in the door? And thus far, that has not been reliable at all. And maybe it's the camera. I mean, if I upgrade the camera, maybe that would do a better job. But um, that that is like on my wish list of things to get better at. But I, I think that's just a software limitation at this point. Yeah, I think it it is slowly improving. I am seeing improvements there, but at the same time, it consistently fails to recognize me, but it can still recognize loads of pictures of me in photos. So I'm not quite sure what's going on there. I have a feeling that something needs improving, but we'll see what later. All right. Well, there will be a later 
we'll talk about this again. Uh, we've got those great forums over at talk.automators.fm where you guys can talk about it, like Rose said. And, um, and you know, I don't know, maybe a year or so from now, we'll check in again and see what's new. But uh, I, I am impressed, Rose, how far you've come with this in the, since the last time we <laughs> I talked. I might have you. gone a little bit mad, but I'm still trying to make it guest-friendly. So if slash when I get guests again, hopefully, you know, um, you know, as as pe- more and more people are getting vaccinated, if c- people continue to be sensible, hopefully this uh, global issue will be manageable in the not-too-distant future. And then I might actually be able to invite people over to stay uh, for the night and get some feedback on how my home automation drives them crazy. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, I spent money today or I'm going to, and, uh, that's just the way Excellent. it is. <laughs> that's the way it Mission is. accomplished. The, the, I did look, I think the U S only sells the blackout blinds with the, with the motors in them for Ikea. So here's the thing, David, with Ikea. Um, and this is a, a good tip actually for everybody looking on the Ikea website going, I thought that they sold this thing and I can't see it. Um, if you look on another country's website and it's there, that means that Ikea still sell it. They've removed it from that that country store though because they currently don't have stock going to that country or in that country and they don't know when they're going to get it oh uh, interesting well I'll so check they back completely in remove it if they don't know when they're going to get it in stock yeah um if it's there and it says that it's you know it's currently out of stock that means that they they have a pretty good idea probably of when it's going to come because i found this with the shortcuts buttons they disappeared several times and i've done quite a bit of digging around and i i got some some various sources to dig around with I with the people at IKEA. And the unofficial word is is stuff gets removed from the website when they don't know when it's going to be restocked. That doesn't mean it won't be restocked. It just means that they currently don't have it. And they did have a lot of stuff on the Ever Given, which is completely messed up shipping around the world. So uh stuff will probably come back. Um uh, omnifocus task, 45 day repeat, check IKEA yep. for transparent blinds, motor yep. blinds. I mean they're not transparent, they're translucent. Well, all I need is I want the light to come through. Yeah, yeah, they let the light through. Yeah. My mom has one of those in her office. I have one in my kitchen. They're brilliant. All right. Well, apparently they're not available in the U.S., so I'll just have to wait. Or come over and visit me and stick it in your suitcase on the way home. Yeah, I'll just like come home and get like a <laughs> look like I'm Cassins, taking a sword. What home. is this in your suitcase, and why does it look suspicious? It's a smart blind. Good luck explaining that one. That was a big problem in California when they opened up the Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland as all these people want to fly home with their lightsaber blades. And it's like, how oh, do God. you get that home? You know, <laughs> and uh, Disney came Checked up. luggage is the answer. Well, they also have a Disney has a solution. They'll ship it for you now. So you don't have to yeah. like, try and figure out how to get your lightsaber blade back on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> well, that rounds out the show for today. But before you go, I want to tell you quickly about two things. First of all is Roboism. It's a great show here on Relay FM hosted by Alex Cox and Kathy Campbell, who both guested on Automators before. They explore how artificial intelligence, machine learning and digital assistants are affecting our culture. Explore the humanity behind the bots that are quickly becoming a part of our everyday life at Relay.fm slash Roboism or search Roboism wherever you get your podcasts. Also, this month, Relay FM is working on a fundraiser to raise money for St. Jude. Go to RelayFM slash St. Jude to learn more. All right. See you guys uh, in a couple of weeks. We are the Automators Podcast. You can find us over at Relay.fm slash Automators. Thank you to our sponsors, ExpressVPN, Technology Entangled, and Privacy. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.